Welcome to the What's Next podcast for women. This is where we remove the what ifs and the I can'ts from the equation to make room for your what's next. So grab your favorite beverage and snack, pen and paper, and let's join our host, Pamela Stone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of What's Next for Women. Well, you know what we do. We come on here and we talk about our what ifs and I can'ts and how we have conquered them and how we are now working on our what's next. I do it every week. I bring on some amazing women and some powerhouse. And guess what? I did it again. I have some amazing powerhouse. Can't wait for you all to meet them and hear their story. If you have any questions, do like you always do. Drop it in the feed. We will definitely address them. And it's when Wednesday. Look, there is a bug flying around, a gnat or something. Um, it's when Wednesday. And so I want to hear your wins for the week. We have wins, but you know how I do it. I love celebrating you. And so my phone is always blowing up for several reasons. The first one is someone's always like, well, what's a win? Well, when is a goal that you have set for the week? Because, you know, I like to make the small goals. Because once you make the small goals, then the big, huge goal is so easy to make. It looks like it's easy to reach that you got this. So I would love to hear your win for this week. Now, if you didn't set a goal, you still have time. It's Wednesday. You know, our week doesn't end until Saturday. So drop it in feed if you need help on setting a goal. I definitely will reach out and help you get to your goal. Or if you set the goal, but you're a little stuck and don't know how to get to the next step, then drop it in the feed. And I definitely still will help you get to fit so you can meet that goal. And then the other question, I'm always asked, how did I come about starting this podcast? So let me ask you this. Are you sitting at a desk or sitting somewhere looking around and saying, is this it? Or are you sitting at a desk and you're like, man, I'm making somebody else rich off of my knowledge and my skills. And you wanna do something about it, but just don't know where to start. I have to say those questions and many more was me. I was sitting at a corporate desk and I was looking around like, this is it. I am making everybody else rich off of my skills, my knowledge. And yet I wasn't, I felt that I wasn't being rewarded for what I do. And so I literally broke down at the desk and I cried. I was like, I can't, I just can't be, this can't be it. So I asked some of my other teammates and a lot of them were like, yeah, I think this is it for me. I'm going to just work for somebody else. And I just couldn't believe that. And so I said to them, if I remove every obstacle that they are facing, would they go after their what's next? And they still couldn't really answer me. So this is where I landed. I created the podcast. I want everyone to know that we are all faced with the I can'ts, the what ifs, but many of us allow those to hold us back. But I want you to know that I'm going out here conquering those what ifs and I can'ts to go after my what's next. And so not only am I doing it, I bring on many co-hosts that are doing it too. And their story's a little different, but I wanted their stories to be different because I want you to know that everyone is still out here crushing their what's next, no matter what they're facing. So grab your pen and paper, your evening beverage and snack. Look, I'm almost done. You guys know I'm already almost done with my snack. <laughs> so you know that, but grab your pen and paper, your girlfriend and girlfriends. And I have some amazing co-hosts coming on. So the first one is going to be 
Linda, and she's coming on. I can't wait for you guys to meet her. Hey, lady. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. See you. It's been a minute. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. longer than a minute. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to first and foremost, thank you for joining us. And I would love for you to tell everybody just a little bit about you, and then we'll go further to your story. You bet. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, we talked a little bit just before the show about this is a bit of a different type of interview for me because usually I really dig, I dive deep into my sort of personal story and what led me to where I am today. So we will definitely talk about that. But I love that this is all about corporate because I definitely have some history in corporate. It was my final stint in corporate that was like the icing on the cake that just said, okay, girl, move on. So I have 25 years as a registered dietitian, Pamela, Um, you know, and I worked in so many cool different areas. But within my career in that 25 years, I started my career in corporate. In the middle of my career, I was in corporate. And at the end of my career, I was in corporate before I left the profession altogether. And um, I'm not going to blame it on corporate. I'm just going to say that I had a really diverse career and I had a lot of experiences and skills that I had developed and taken with me along the way that I could apply to what my what's next. So, um, but you know, it's really around my, you know, I think in the beginning working corporate's not a bad thing for young people, you know, because it's very immersive. Um, you're working hard, you're working long hours, you're just taking in as much information, you're like a sponge. And it really does set you up. I think when you walk away from that first big corporate experience, you're you're equipped with some confidence that you may not have had walking in there. So I think it's not a bad thing at all. And it's very conducive to somebody who's really willing to work hard and, and build their career. It's a great, great opportunity. But, you know, midway through my career, when I was in corporate, I had a family at that point. You know, I had three little girls who, you know, in four years time, they were all under 10 at the time that I was working in corporate. And what I found in corporate was that was two things. One, I kind of knew where my sweet spot was within, you know, my skill set. I knew what I wanted to be doing. And the job was fairly limited in the scope of what it allowed me to do. And there wasn't a lot of room for expansion, but that was okay, you know, because there's always trade-offs, right? There's the paycheck and there's other things that go along with the job, the stability of it and all. But the one thing I always thought, and I remember thinking this so often and having this discussion with working moms, especially, you know, if employers could be maybe more open to the idea of making the working mom's work day conducive to their children's school day, because do you know how productive women in the workplace would be if they could, you know, create their work day around their kid's school day? Because I know for myself personally, and I don't think I'm alone here, I would mentally check out when my kid's school day was over. Mentally, I wasn't in the job anymore because I was thinking about did they get to their after school care? You know, are they having a snack? Uh, how much homework do they have before the evening activities have to happen? And, you know, how much time do we have between, I, you know, my getting home and feeding them and, and where we have to be next? My mind wasn't on the job once they were done their school day. My mind was on my kids, first and foremost. And the reality is, when you think about the workplace, how much real productivity do you get out of people between the water cooler conversations and the walking to someone's desk and all the chatter that happens, you know, in the space of a workday? How much of a really productive workday do you get out of your employees? So if you could make the workday for working moms conducive to their kids' school day, and you would get so much productivity because you'd have happier moms, more dedicated, more focused, and you know, anyway, it doesn't matter because I'm not in corporate anymore. But that was that was my thought. That was my thought. But I'm with you. I so I so agree with you. I'm I I'm a late bloomer. So I'm now having to worry about my grandkids, you know, right, you know, where are where they're at? Are they, you know, my daughter's working, so did they get to their yeah, after you know, aftercare? Are they being watched? Do they and then your mind is just keep consuming with so many other things that you're right. When you get to time to sit down, you're like, okay, this just isn't for me. Now I'm with you. I totally 
degree, you know, coming out of college, corporate was the was actually it really leveraged leveraged me onto knowing what I wanted to do. It did make a clear picture on what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do and where I didn't want to go, where I did want to go. I totally agree with you. But now mm-hmm. that I'm in the I have to say sweet spot of my life now, um, I know now that I want more out of life. I want more to do with, want to do with, you know, what's best for me and my family versus what's best for everybody else. You know, I worried yeah. about everybody and everybody else meaning corporate. Now, don't get me wrong. Those of you who are love corporate, I'm not downing you, but there is some women out there who are still sitting in corporate wanting more, but don't know how to get the more or don't even realize there are women out here that is juggling the more. And they're like, okay, if I could just find some group of women that can come in and show me how they're doing it, I got it. And so this is what the purpose of the, of the, of the podcast is to let women know we are doing it. We're just having to tweak it a little bit differently. So I, I agree with you, but let me ask you this. Do you have any regrets of leaving corporate though? Not one. How long did that take me to answer? Not, not a second. (laughs) (laughs) Not one at all. And you know why? Because it's really interesting when I look back at my career, my 25 years, like I said, I started my career in corporate Midway through my career, I was back in corporate. I'd done other things in between. And then at the very end of my career, I was in corporate. And honestly, when I interviewed that last stint in corporate, I literally remember sitting in the interview, Pamela, Mm -hmm. saying to myself, can you do the job? Absolutely, you can do the job. Do you want to be doing this job? Absolutely not. But I took it because it was the safe way to go. It almost seemed like the easy path at that point in my life. It was getting me out of the house. It was re-engaging me with people in the workplace. It was a steady paycheck. It was all those things that come along with working in a steady job. I had already tried the entrepreneurial thing some years back. It didn't fail. I actually walked away from it just because I wasn't really sure of what my next steps were at that Mm -hmm. point in time. And this corporate job came along and it seemed like just an easy out, to be honest. But my heart wasn't there. And very quickly, I came to remember... It seemed like I'd been away from it for a long time, but all of a sudden it comes back really quickly what the demands are. It's, you know, it's not live to work, it's work to live. You know, it's a, it's a very, it doesn't matter, you know, what the hours are. It doesn't matter how long, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's weeknights, weekends, you get the job done. And I happen to step into this particular role at a time when we got some really big business. Um, everything just kind of happened really quickly when I came into this new role and the demands were huge. And the ROI, you know, the return on the investment, even though, you know, it was a paycheck, just wasn't good enough. And I remember, to your point exactly, sitting there, and and this was a weekend, I was working in front of my computer, it was the summertime, my kids were away, and I was just, the, the it was overwhelming, the amount of work, and it just seemed like this pile that I was getting through at such a snail's pace. And I just thought to myself, is this it? Saturday night, and I'm sitting in front of my computer, yeah, I'm looking at my beautiful backyard and my swimming pool, but I'm not in it, and I'm not enjoying it, because I'm tied to my work. And I just thought there's more to life than this. And I'd had, as I said, an experience prior to where I had started down more of an entrepreneurial path and that was still with me. And so I think it was really good for me to have that last experience Mm -hmm. in corporate to say, this is not what I want. Now stop making excuses. You know, yeah, is doing your own thing scary? Absolutely. Is, are there a lot of unknowns? Absolutely. But what I know now that I didn't know the first go around, that I understand that everybody is out to help everybody else. And any question you have in business, particularly when you're going out on your own, somebody else has done it before you. So all you got to do is find those people, ask the questions and listen, especially with women in business. We are so all about each other and supporting each other in our successes. I've had the best experience ever. So I do believe that everything happens for a reason and the timing is right on. I wasn't meant to do this five or 
six years ago, I was meant to pick it up now and run with it because now I know what I need to do to make this, you know, make my what's next successful. I'm with you. You'll know. I have had a lot of women and actually my phone is dinging and buzzing. Sorry. So if you hear it, it is. People are asking questions. Well, how did you know it was time to go? And so I do want, I want to ask you that, but real quick, I have to say, I did, I, I have the feeling because so many of my girlfriends are like, okay, Pam, what are you doing? What, you know, why are you still in corporate? But you know, you know, when you're going down that right road and you know, when that you got that poke, because I actually did not only had that breakdown, but before the breakdown, I had that poke and the poke was like, okay, what am I to do? And, and then it all laid in my lap and I had a girlfriend's like, you already know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, no, I don't. And she's like, okay. So then she actually showed me what I could do. And I really, that's, I'm like you, I did get that taste. I did get a taste of what it was like. Um, she had taken me under her wing, but I still doubted. I still was, the doubt was there. And I know I could do it. I'm very clear. I could do it. Yeah. Um, the doubt was there, but you know, and if those of you are like, well, I still don't know, then the best place to start, if you want to start something, do what you're doing now. Just do it for yourself. You're already making money. You're already successful, right? You're getting paid. So why not? And that's one place I always suggest to my new clients. Why not start where you're at now? Just take what you what you like and you're making money. You know how to do it. You have the skills. You know the type of people that need your skills. Then do it. You know, don't have you don't have to learn, don't have to learn the skill to go out and make it. So how did you know you were going to be a dietitian? Were you a dietitian before that or did you? Yeah. And and I'm not currently working as a dietitian anymore. So I left that profession when I left corporate. But yeah, 25 years ago. Yeah, I just I I was always always interested in health and well-being. And so it just seemed like a really natural fit. And I had, like I said, a really great career, like outside of the corporate experiences. I had some really cool experiences. And this is sort of where it all ties into where I landed now. So in between those corporate gigs, I was teaching at the university level. I was actually teaching in the School of Nutrition where I did my undergrad. So it was really cool. It kind of came full circle for me. And I remember that was my first experience being in front of an audience. You know, my audience were students, Mm -hmm. but I loved engaging and educating and seeing the uptake of the information that I was sharing. And I really, really found that sort of environment cool. And then fast forward, I decided to go back to school when I had my three little kids to graduate studies, which was another experience in and of itself. And, you know, the, the unfortunate part, just as a sidebar here is, you know, I remember thinking, this is so cool. This is a great example for my, I have three daughters, great example for young ladies to see mom going back to school and working really hard. They were so small, Pamela, they don't remember. I'm like, you don't remember? I cried every single day. It was so much work, but you know, that's okay. It's, it's fine. It's, it's all about building my own character, right? And advancing, yeah. advancing my own career. Exactly. Exactly. So after I went back to school, all of a sudden these opportunities started coming forward. There was one in corporate, which I took, but it was a part-time gig. I was still teaching. And then out of the blue, this opportunity to work in media came forward. And it was with a public relations agency that had a, a client that was in the food business and they needed a dietitian as a spokesperson. I thought that sounds really cool. And that was my sweet spot. As soon as I got on a stage, you know, in front of a TV or on radio or even in print being in- interviewed, 
I'm like, this is where I want to be. So that was that glimpse into something that I could do with my career. And of course, it was a really neat fit because I was speaking all about things that I knew. I knew about nutrition and wellness and health and all of that. So it was very natural. It felt very authentic to me what I was speaking about. Um, but again, I got teased, you know, I got pulled into that corporate, that last corporate gig. And so I had to put aside all these other sort of part-time things that I was doing that were fun, that didn't even feel like work. And um, I just remember being so aware of the energy that it was depleting from me. You know, we, we use this expression a lot, whether it's in personal or professional relationships, you know, that are energy sucking. And this was an energy sucking experience for me. And I remember sitting with my boss and I said, look, you know, this is where I want to be, you know, in terms of using my voice, getting out there in front of people. What are the opportunities in this workspace for that? And she looked at me and she said, there really aren't any. And it was an easy decision for me just to say, okay, pick up this idea of running your own business. Now, there's a whole other part to how I landed to where I am now and why I'm no longer nutrition and I'm coaching in sort of a different realm, which is still in the well-being realm, but it's all about holistic well-being. And that's on the heels of, um, you know, some very, very pivotal life moments that happened for me, you know, in a nutshell, and I'm not sure I want to be cognizant of the time here. So you got to let me know what that looks like. But in a nutshell, in a space of two years, so it was after I left my second corporate gig, and I was just focusing on the fun stuff, the media and the teaching, I went through some really devastating life changes. In the space of two years, I lost my husband without warning, he died very unexpectedly. And a year and a half later, I had cancer. And so I'm reeling from all of this personal stuff that's happened in my life. And I'm thinking to myself, I need to just take a step back away from everything, you know, the workplace, just focus on my family, focus on myself, try to find the message in all of this mess that's happened in my life. And so I did that by really turning inward and taking everything I knew about health and well-being, but working on nurturing my inner well-being, my soul, and doing all sorts of practices that would help me be healthy on the inside focusing on my mental well-being, my emotional well-being, my spiritual wellness. And what I discovered through all of those practices, Pamela, was that I really discovered who I was on the inside. Mm -hmm. I found my inner peace. I found my happy space. And right away, somehow I knew that I could continue working in that arena that I really liked in terms of speaking from a stage or from a page or whatever that looked like. But now my message was going to be centered around nurturing your inner well-being, discovering who you are. And so that's the work I do today. I love it. Discovering who you are. So let's say there's a woman sitting at it's sitting at her corporate desk and she's still like, okay, I hear you guys, but I still, what would be your piece of advice to her? You know what, my piece of advice to her, if she really feels that she's not in the place she's supposed to be and she wants to explore something else, but she doesn't know what that is, I would have her, you know, do the work either with a coach or just find some sort of program that could get her uh, equipped or acquainted with what it is that she really values. And I think this is a really important thing to discuss. This is where I focus most of my work on Pamela is aligning with your core values. Mm. And the thing is they shift at different times in your life. And I'm going to use the example of, you know, when my kids were young, everything around the institution of family was what I was what I prioritized in terms of my values, their security, their well-being, their nourishment, their nurturing, um, their safety, all of that. You know, those were my priorities. But as they've grown and spread their own wing, of course, I still value those same things, but not to the same degree. The things I value no more now have to do with me and my well-being. And so it's really important to, first of all, understand that your values shift as life shifts. 
And so to get in touch with what those things are, I'll give you another example. So as I said to you, I started my career in nutrition, right? So health and wellness was always something I valued. I practiced it, you know, I walked the talk, but through my life, you know, those pivotal moments where things shifted for me and I needed to figure out more and, and pay more attention to what was happening, you know, with my emotional well-being and my spiritual well-being. Now my definition of health as a value is much broader, right? Mm, yeah. And that's why I practice a holistic approach. So it's understanding that as things shift and happen in your life, your values will shift too. So I would say to someone who asks you the question, well, okay, how do I make that first step? First, first know what it is you want. Like what, what's, what is going on with you? What is, or think back to when you were a, a young person, what lit you up? You know, all of us have a creative side when we're little and we're not really, before we're really confined or defined by, you know, other people's expectations um, and societal norms and what have you, and we get to explore who we are, there's usually something in there that, that you know, will stay with us, you know, if, if we can nurture it or find it again as an adult, there's usually something in what we loved as a child that will show up again later. And like for me, for example, it was my voice. You know, I loved singing as a kid, but I never let that part of myself shine because I was shy. Yeah. But then when I had those opportunities to be on a stage, there was that, oh, wow, there's something about this I really like. And so it was always there. I just didn't make the connection. So I would say get in touch with what you value and kind of think back to when you were a kid, the things that really resonated with you and see if there's some way that you can weave that into. If there's something about whatever that was that lights you up, that just that, you know, even where you, if you just say, you know what, that thought about that, but wow, that really excites me. Yeah. You know? And then start exploring. And then I would absolutely go out there, you know, before you make that that clean break, because let's face it, a lot of people can't do that for realistic reasons, financially or otherwise, right. you know, get out there and just do some homework, investigate, talk to people who are doing what you think you might want to be doing. Or my goodness, I say this to people all the time. We have access to everything in front of us. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm a Google queen and like ask all your questions. You can ask anything on Google and find right. an answer. So that's what I would advise. Just do some homework, do some investigative research, you know, become equipped with it and then kind of ask yourself, what things do I have to put into place if I'm going to make this happen? Right. And know that your skill sets are transferable. Abs oh, that's so important. Right? Absolutely. Because so many women think that they can't, they learn it and that stops when it can transfer over into, let's be into, into the nor our norm life, which is the other side of the world. Um, and so I so agree with you. And so many women are like, well, it doesn't work. So I have to, I'm always showing, well, yes, it does. Here's how you can use it over here. And they're like, oh, so if you're needing to connect um, ladies on how does your corporate skills transfer over into the entrepreneur world, you have a tribe here. The what's next for women? I, I I tell everybody if I can't help you, I have thousands yeah. of amazing other women behind me that can help you. So believe and trust and believe. And I don't believe in taking all because I'm not here to take all. I'm here to share. I'm here for us to go arm in arm, and we're going to conquer this world together. So note that it's not. If I can't answer it, look, I have. I have millions of women. Yeah. So please yeah. don't and please don't stop and saying don't allow fear because also that's one thing I want everybody to know too. And I always talk about don't allow the three F's, which is fear, fault, and failure, to stop you. They will stop you, they will stop you in the place where you're so stopped, stunned, shocked that you're like, I don't know what to do, or I'm not gonna do it. You can do it. We did it, it was hard. It was challenging. We had, and yes, is it lonely on this side? It is first because you have to understand the corporate world and the entrepreneur world is a little different. They're mm -hmm. operating in a little different way. And those people that are in corporate, 
sometimes don't move over to the entrepreneur world, but you still have amazing women over here. A lot of women have said that they are so scared to be lonely and being over here. And I say to them that get to know yourself, be okay with yourself and get to know yourself so well that you're okay being okay with yourself because it is a little lonely over here, but knowing that that is preparing you for the next level, to, for your next, your what's next. So without that, do without that. Look, we're always down to hello. Every look, we have so many. Hello, Chanel. Um, hello, Cecilia. Thank you, ladies, for joining. Um, I, Andrea says she loves this. She says getting it down, getting it down, sister. She says this would be awesome. And Alicia says, hey there. Thank you, ladies. So you know it, you all, it is Win Wednesday. Um, actually, we have another amazing co-host. She'll be joining us in just a minute. But real quick, what is your win for this week? My win? Yes. Being on your show. Oh, that's so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting a chance to uh, have all of your lovely listeners listening. And uh, just thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. And I hope something I said resonates. And if it does, then feel free to reach out to me. I think you're going to put all my contact info in the chat, right? Yes, I am. But if, real quick, if you want to say it right now, in case they're sitting there like, well, can she tell me? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what? The quickest and easiest way to reach out to me is on my website at LydiaNor.com. Okay, guys. So you got to know that, you know, Lydia is the bomb.com. Lydia, do you, before we go and bring on the next co-host, do you have a favorite quote that you follow or you really pay attention to that? you? Uh, really yeah. Follow? You know, it's not a quote per se, but I believe that everything happens for a reason. Oh, I love yeah. it. I so do. I so do. So everyone, okay, ladies and gentlemen, as Lydia is such amazing, I want to thank you for joining. You. You're more than welcome to stay thank for our so next co-host. Our next co-host, late, I'm going to go ahead and put you in the green room for right okay. now, Lydia. And so ladies, I have another amazing co-host as Lydia was. Now my next co-host here is she was actually in the past issue of Vision Made Magazine. She is a baker, but she's so this is going to be so powerful because I want everyone to understand the empowerment of food. So without further ado, hello, Miss Rebecca, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, no. Thank you for joining us. We're so excited for you. So we thank just you. had Lydia, who was a dietitian for 25 oh, yeah. years. So this worked well because now we have you who is the baker. I told her she yeah. can stay or she can join us back. But um, real quick, let everybody tell everybody a little bit about yourself. And then we can go from there. Well, I, well, again, my name is uh, Rebecca Pierce, and I am the, I call myself the chief bakeologist <laughs> at my virtual bakery called Maggie's Cupcake Cafe. And um, we specialize in making homemade desserts from scratch, like grandma used to make. I was taught um, as a little girl how to make cookies and cakes and brownies and stuff from scratch. And so I am by trade, I'm a teacher, I'm an English literature and composition teacher, and I'm a writer. And so many years ago, I had a show uh, that was to go up on Off-Broadway in New York, and I needed a way to raise money to pay for the rehearsal space. If you've ever, if anyone's ever done a show in New York, you know you have to pay for your, you know, your cast transportation on the on the train, you need to pay for the rehearsal space, etc. So I had to figure out really quickly what could be a creative and unique way to raise money. And, you know, I believe that we are brought here with more than one gift, and the one big gift 
will make room for the other gifts and they will support one another. And so I thought back to what my mother taught me and I said, I'm going to do a bake sale. And so I uh, did that and raised all the money I needed to do my first show. And I did that to raise money for subsequent shows. But it wasn't until last February, right before COVID, that I decided to kickstart Maggie's Cupcake Cafe into a business. Love it. Yeah. Oh my I love, I've watched, I follow you on LinkedIn. So <laughs> Let her let you know that you can yeah. find her on LinkedIn and she talks about all her baked goods. I promise you, I'm thank goodness that we don't live close. Everybody says that. <laughs> I promise you. I would be like, I gotta go get my sweets for the day and then I'll get the day going. And you right. like, damn, it's time for you to go home. I'm like, oh, I, will go. I will. So it would be me. That would be me. But I would love to hear as you are doing, so you're still working as a teacher? Oh, yes. I mean, um, teaching in the fall. I mean, I teach everything from humanities, the beginning of literature, all the way up to present contemporary um, novelist and world drama, theater, contemporary fiction, women's lit, African-American lit. I mean, that's what I was made for. I am a teacher. I'm an educator. And I'm all about the written word and artistic expression through whatever medium the story or the idea is given to you through. So a lot of people say, how do you how do you go from being a teacher to a baker? Well, baking is art. Writing is art. Art is life. Art is food. Art is art is whatever brings you joy. Yeah. And helps you to express yourself. Absolutely. Well, I'm with everybody. I don't know how I don't like to bake. So that's why I love to have you in my life to have to bake. <laughs> I don't have to do it. <laughs> it's a stress reliever for me, quite honestly. And it's another it's another way again to be creative. Absolutely. Because while you're waiting for stories, like I'm a I'm an inspirational writer, my muse gives me stories. I I don't sit down to write to a clock. I don't that's I've never been yeah. a And so while I'm waiting for the stories to be given to me, I you know, I bake and sometimes in baking I I come up with, you know, I'm given the characters' names or I Ideas. One of my novels, The Secret Life of Lucy Bossman, the main character, she is a um, she opens a confectionery shop in Richmond, Virginia, in 1861, right before the Civil War. So I'm all about you know the stories of women and the story of women, and particularly Black women, is connected to food. True, right? true. Yes, so. absolutely, absolutely. So how do you juggle them both? How do you juggle being a baker? and being a writer and being a teacher, how do you juggle that all? Well, you know, I, like I tell my, my students and I've been teaching 22 going on 23 years. It's all about managing the clock. First of all, it's time management. I know what how many hours I have in the day. People always tease me and say, this woman never sleeps. Yes, I do. In fact, I'm in bed by 10 o'clock every night. Okay, okay. <laughs> I do sleep. I have to sleep. But I have a to-do list. I manage my time wisely. I know what I need to get done. I'm always working on that schedule. But even, even more importantly, I operate under the belief that I have this one big umbrella that's called education. Yes. And underneath my umbrella are several arms that support and lend energy to that umbrella called education. And that is teacher, writer, baker, speaker. And baker falls under teaching and speaking and writing. And it all, it all connects. I don't do anything that has that does not connect me to my divine purpose of education. I don't. I don't sell nobody's products. You know, I get emails all the time. People wanting me to sell this or that. Mm-hmm. I don't step out of what I was created for. And that is to, to educate through storytelling. And storytelling comes through speech, written communication, and food. 
Absolutely. So I have a lot of women asking me, so you've been cooking for 25 years as well? Baking for well, 25 years? Yeah, I mean, I, my, my kids probably grew up with a cupcake in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I have two, the one who'll be 20 next month and my daughter will be 12 in September. So, I mean, yeah, I always baked, you know, to, you know, I'm the mom. So, you know, when you want to give your kids a, a treat or do something for the baseball team or whatever, you know, I would bake. But even more importantly, I'm an entrepreneur. This is not my first business. My first business was um, editing and I still edit. I, I'm still a professional editor. So, but what I did was I just tapped into what my grandmothers did mm -hmm. and what their mothers, did, which is when you need to find a way for them, it was about supporting their families. Wow. They would tap into cooking and they would sell fish dinners for either their families or the church. For me, it was to fuel my writing dream, my writing career. And so I'm not doing in many ways, I'm extending the conversation my grandmothers and many of our grandmothers had with needing to find a way to create that which will sustain and support the family. In the case of modern women, support the dream and the family. Absolutely. And that's so important. Now, lady, now I have someone that's my, so if you hear my phone, it's people mm -hmm. asking me questions. So I'm apologizing. Yeah, it's okay. That's fine. So, so one of the, someone has just actually buzzed me and you had just said tap into your inner, to, into your, um, you know, what you have, what your energy is, or, you know, your business. Mm -hmm. But so say, for instance, we have a guest, cause she's like, I don't even know. I don't even know what my my what is or how do you know? Right? So what would you recommend? What would you say to someone of this nature, of someone like this? Well, here's a, here's the thing. I I found that many people are chasing other people's dreams. Many people feel like the thing that they're the best at, that they're good at, is not that gift because it's not big enough. The world says it's not big enough. It's not sexy enough. It's not grand enough. And in fact, that is the thing that becomes grand when you embrace it and you and you step into it and you work it. So it's not a question of how do you how do I not know? Because the thing is you do know. You just don't like the answer because it's not what you think people will support or not what you think people will see you. Oh, I can never picture you doing that. I, mean, I hear that a lot. Can you bake you're a writer. No, I am here with more than one gift in me. We all are. And so I just had to sit down and be honest and very clear and intentional with myself about what are the things that Rebecca likes to do that that brings her joy, that's, that is in, in many ways almost second nature to me yeah. and that I'm curious about. And, and that's, that's where you can begin because I get that question a lot from women when I speak to women's groups. How do you know what you're here to do? Thing is you already know, you just gotta be willing to accept and embrace that answer. Absolutely. And so we do, and then have, have you, and I'm sure you have faced fear. And how did, if you did face fear, how did you get past it? Well, I face fear every day. <laughs> I face it every day. Right. <laughs> as long as you're living, you'll never get rid of fear. Here's, here's I like to think of it, and I, and I learned to think of it in this way. Your, your will must be stronger than your doubt. A friend of mine said that to a group of women I brought together many years ago. When your will is stronger than your doubt. And I add on to that, you've got to be so nosy about the possibilities of your life, of what you can do, that you're willing to go after it, even though you're terrified. See, uh, my, my cousin has a company. She produces shirts. And one of her shirts that I bought re recently is you got to put some faith in your fear. Ooh. And and I've heard people say and I've heard the expression, you got to put some feet on your faith. And so you could be afraid. As a matter of fact, if you're not afraid, then you shouldn't be doing it anyway. Okay. You can be afraid, but you you keep going towards it anyway. You keep trying towards it because 
I, I just don't believe, I don't want to leave this earth having left anything on the table. I don't want to say in my last breath, I could have, I should have, I would have. And I don't want to get to the gates and Peter be like, right. But what would you do with those gifts he gave you? And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> what had happened was, <laughs> I ain't got time for that. I, I don't, we don't have time for that. You don't get, you don't, you don't get to redo. And the right. part of being a human being is that you're living, you're a spiritual being, living a human experience. And you are to experience these things that help expand who you are to get to the level that you're required to be at by the time you do leave this earth. Absolutely. Well, I have to push through that fear. Do it anyway. I I totally agree with you. Fear to me is my teacher. You know, I'm like the Beyonce. I'm going to learn from, I'm going to fall down, but guess what? I'm going to get back up. Brush your shoulders (laughs) off and keep it moving. Yeah, keep it moving. You have to. You have to, you have to be, but also too, you also have an importance of it is having a strong tribe. Yes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. I I have this thing I call the crying angel network. And I've been taught. And if anybody who's listening, that's heard me speak before. And y'all know how I'm the crying angel network, meaning you got to find put together that three to five men or women who may not have the same experiences you have, uh, may not even really understand your vision. But because they know who and I'm just gonna say it because they know who God is. Mm -hmm. And they know the journey that they've walked, they are able to pray into you when you can't pray out for yourself. They are able to tell you when you come to them, girl, this ain't working and here's why, or yes, this is working. Here's why they don't coddle you. They don't baby you. They're raw with you. And you need that. You need that part of the crying angel network because they have wisdom, experience, and knowledge that you don't have that you need. And then there's the other part of the crying angel network. People I've had women say, well, what if you don't have a support network? You have to build that. Yes, I agree. There's, I hate to say it like this, but there's no reason why you cannot build that. Except that you don't want to and you are comfortable. I'm about to hurt somebody's feelings. Go ahead. Go ahead and hurt it. (laughs) You're comfortable in pity. Yes. And that is an emotion that stemmed from shame. Right. Shame is a huge shame is the foundation for fear, anger, pity, all those things, because you feel like what has happened to you disqualifies you from greatness. It disqualifies you from love. It disqualifies you from having a support network. And that's a lie that the ego tells you to remove you from your blessing. And so you have to learn how to what I call reprogram or re-record new recordings that speak to the possibilities of your life. Right. 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 So every time I bake a cake or a cupcake, don't think I'm not in that kitchen going, oh, my God, why the hell are you doing this, girl? You know, you're ain't no damn baker. (laughs) 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 And I have to shut that voice down and say, no, not too many people can do what I do. Exactly. Even if they can, I still do it my way. And these people are relying on me. And I I said I was going to do this. I need to keep my word. And then I just I pray over what I'm doing because it's like I'm scared every time I put out a a piece, even when I I put out a novel, when I speak, when I put out a cupcake, I'm scared, too. Um, 
And not everybody in my household understands even what I'm doing, but because they believe and because I have been able to sell the vision in a way that people can connect to it, that's how I'm able to build my support. I love it. And I need women. And the reason why I ask that question, because so many women are like, I don't have a tribe. And I'm like, you have to have a tribe. You have to. Yeah. We don't come here with a tribe. Right. <laughs> we don't come here with nothing. Right. So you have to have a tribe, but you also have to have the right tribe. Now, not everybody, not everybody can come and sit at your table and don't offer the seat to, and I tell this to so many women, don't offer the seat to everybody because not everybody deserves that seat to come to join you at the table. They don't. And that really has to, you really, as the person have to be working on your self-awareness and your healing to be able to recognize who are the people that deserve the seat and who are those that need to go sit in the balcony. Right. Oh, you're in the balcony. Yeah, I was like, oh, outside at the front door. I don't know. There you go. They don't need to be at your table. Right. And, you know, anybody that when you come to them and you say, hey, I have this idea. And then they either switch the conversation on you or look at you like you're crazy and go, why? Or if they do, I, you know, this, this term that's out there, they gaslight you. They yeah. make, if they make you doubt. They're not for you. They're not for you. And you, and, and, you know, the Bible speaks about how you need to mind the company you keep. Absolutely. If they're not growing, if they're not chasing it, they don't need to be in your inner circle. They don't need to be at your table. Okay. You need to have people at your table who are, who are further along or on the route, their own route to also what they're trying to do. It can't be the crew that's sitting there going, man, I remember back in 1970. <laughs> 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 I could have done, done Okay, then why didn't you? I've heard that. I've heard that a lot. Well, well, why didn't you write about this? Well, since you know so much about that, why don't you write about that? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, with you. I'm so with you. Alicia says, love that. Sit in the balcony. I know that. <laughs> exactly. Sit in the balcony. And, and, or I'm better yet, sit outside. Yeah. Yeah. Tailgate. Go out there and get your tailgate. Right. And you pick it and have your fun by yourself. But leave me, please, and thank you. Right. You ain't coming in here. Okay. <laughs> I love this. This is so great. And every, we're having here. Uh, Natisha, Natasha, Natasha says, I love your baking and you're so, and so thankful for your gift for baking. I know, right? I can't, I told her, thank you. If, if she was close, I would be there every day. She's laughing, but, Everybody I'm, said that. <laughs> but I'm serious. She also <laughs> said, your will must be stronger than your doubt. Yes. These nuggets. I need that shirt. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have someone else that says, hello, all good conversation. So as you ladies are coming in and you guys are out here dropping the nuggets i want to know it's win wednesday what is your win for this week i have one but you'll get to hear you get to hear rebecca's in just a few minutes but drop it in the feed below tell us what your win is and we love to celebrate so come on ladies let's get to celebrating i believe that if we can celebrate each other we go arm and arm celebrating each other we can conquer anything and everything and imagine how powerful we could be if we celebrate each other instead of tearing each other down Absolutely. So that's what we do here at the podcast we believe in celebrating each other and we tear no one down and we don't believe in that so so what is one of your favorite items that you like to bake my daughter wanted me to ask you that she loved she loved the cupcake recipe and she's like mom you're gonna make it i'm like you better call miss rebecca and see what she can do (laughs) i i love to bake cupcakes of course i like to bake the cupcakes 
because I like different flavors, of course. I like to, I'm learning with the piping. I want to get better at that. Right. Okay. But that's always a challenge. But I, I love to do the cupcakes. Cakes absolutely terrify me because I'm OCD about that cake has to look a particular way. Right. right. And I didn't go to pastry school. So, but in my head, I'm like, I'm going to France and I'm going to take me a bakery class. Right. So I, I love to do cupcakes. And then, and then I neglected to mention that I actually named the company after a dear friend of mine who died of cancer in 2012. She was like my second mother. You know, I'm, I met her when I was 17 and, and she died when I was uh, 44. So she was like one of the biggest cheerleaders, you know, next to my mother, her and another, uh, my stepmother that died a year ago uh, last month. You know, and so I when I was thinking about a name for the company, for what I do, I thought about Maggie and I said, you know, she everything I did, she loved. And she would always say, I wish I could be there with you, but keep doing it. So every time I make a cupcake, or every time I make cookies or I make brownies or I make a cake, I think about her. And I think about all the women who have come through and who put something in me, each piece of their little wisdom, but also who in many ways they didn't get to fulfill their own dreams because these were a lot older women. And so when people call, call me and say, hey, Maggie, I just smile because it's like, that's my, you know, I'm thinking of my grandmothers. I'm thinking of Maggie. I'm thinking of, you know, my stepmom, Brenda. I'm thinking of some friends I lost last year to COVID and cousin. I'm thinking of all the women who have, who have ever had a dream, whoever stepped in the kitchen to prepare a meal for a family and just wanted to use everything God put into her. So cupcakes, without a doubt, are my favorite to make. Love it. So is there any particular flavor that you really like? But chocolate? <laughs> My red velvet cake is the bomb. People order the red velvet cupcake all that time. <laughs> the red velvet cake is definitely one of my best cupcakes that I put out. But I mean, I love the I love apple and but the chocolate. I love to put chocolate chip in the chocolate or chocolate liqueur in the chocolate. And then of course, in the fall, fall is my favorite time of year. So the apple spice or the apple pie or the pumpkin, uh, excuse me, the sweet potato cupcake or the carrot cake cupcake. Oh, Ooh. and then I, last year we tried our eggnog scones mm. and my Lord, mm. we about to hurt somebody. With that. I know I, I'm already <laughs> feeling, I'm already like, yeah. I hope you look, I don't like to cook, but you go ahead and make it and I'll out what else you need to do for you well i mean and then we love pies i love to do my thing is the apple pie all from scratch except for the crust ain't nobody got time for that uh, <laughs> and and sweet potato i mean i use my grandmother's recipe for that sweet potato pie i use a recipe for a couple things and lord make sure your whole face suck in from the, from the sweetness so you know if when i get a chance to make a pie i'm excited about that because i know that thing is going to be divine <laughs> are you, so if anybody is interested, are they? Do you deliver? Does your yeah? That's all we do because I because you know, we don't have a. Um, I'm not in the storefront yet. Still wrestling with that because there are a lot of um, pros and cons about being in a storefront. Yes, it is. Um, so we're delivery only, and part of that is because of COVID. Because my first career is healthcare, 
I ain't playing. We're right. not playing that Delta variant that's out there. I'm not playing with it at all. Right. Um, my mother will be 68 this Saturday, and she has health issues that are very, very precarious. And I want to protect not only her, but I want to protect my customers. So we do delivery only at this time. But, you know, we're praying on it and thinking on it about how how and if to even open the brick and mortar, what that would look like and how it would serve the community. Because it, ha- it has to serve the community. Absolutely. It has to make yeah. sense. To make, it has yeah. to make sense so you can make sense. I totally right. get that. And sense meaning money-wise. So I totally Oh, absolutely. That. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a lot. I mean, it's, yeah. bacon is not Because I don't use, I use good ingredients. Right. I, I learned the hard way about, listen, that butter that I grew up on, that ain't the butter you want to bake with today. <laughs> Because the butter's not the same. The butter's not the same. The peanut butter's not the same. And so I use, I try to use really high quality butter and flour. I only use King Arthur's flour um, and milk. I only use lactate milk because my whole entire, my family is lactate, lactose intolerant. So I don't play around with, with the whole milk. So I could argue that my desserts are healthy. <laughs> I could argue with you. <laughs> The only reason why you guys don't have to get the magazine, but she made a key. She has my, like I said, my daughter is really keep saying, "Mom, you're gonna make the cupcakes." I'm like, "Can you just call Miss Rebecca and see if she can ship it to you?" I will for the shipping, but okay. The keto lavender cupcakes are there. There's something else, but that that is one thing we we struggle with is shipping because shipping right now is horrible. So we only ship. The only items we ship, we do not ship cupcakes because they don't ever make it safely. So we ship whole cakes and cookies and muffins and brownies. Well, she has other options then. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do cakes and pies or cheesecakes. No, we don't ship them. Oh, she's, oh, well. Not at this time. Oh, well, but there will be other options, everyone. Yes. Alicia says it has to serve the community food. Baking is certainly a way to comfort and bring the community together. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Time has gone by so fast already. I can't believe it. So before we get off of here, how can everybody find you? Where can? Oh, my goodness. Well, Google me. <laughs> I have to say that. I mean, I've been around. I've been around. I used to publish a magazine for women, a motivational magazine for women. So people still remember Average Girl magazine. Yeah. And, you know, being a, a playwright also, I've put up shows in, in my novel. So when you just Google Rebecca with a K-A-H Pearson. It'll all the good, bad and ugly will show <laughs> up. I mean, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I don't do Snappy Chat, as I tell my, my students and my kids. I don't do the Snapchat. I'm, I don't even know. Mm-mm. I'm even on the TikTok, rarely, but I'm on the Tiki Talk. So they can Google me, they can Google my company, RLP Productions, which Maggie's Cupcake Cafe is under RLP Productions. But we have a you know website for both of those, Maggie's Cupcake Cafe, RLP Productions, and then our TV, our cooking show, TV show Beyond the Plate RVA, which is where we highlight un- unknown or least known local chefs and bakers in the Richmond, Virginia area that also has um, a page on Instagram as well as on Facebook. And we're looking for guest chefs for next season's show. So if, if you got a chef or a baker that you want to bring on to Beyond the Plate RVA, we, we would be happy to bring them on the show, let them showcase their best dessert as well. So do they have to live in 
they have to live in the uh, Virginia area or they, they would have to come to Richmond. Yeah. Um, unless, you know, I, I don't have a big production team yet where I can be paid to go show up somewhere. <laughs> so, so, you know, they'd have to travel to Richmond and, and, you know, we would coordinate what their dish would be. And, you know, we have a great relationship with Soul, Soul Productions, yeah. uh, Solidify Productions, excuse me, and Solidify Magazine, where we try to um, make sure that the chefs also get maximum exposure for what they're doing. So if you're, you know, whatever your best dish is, that, that a family that's that's affordable and delicious for, for hardworking families, whatever desserts you have that you want to showcase, you know, we're looking for guest chefs for that show as well. That is amazing. Amazing. You're an amazing woman. I want to thank you for you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on here. It's just been, this was so fun. We'll have to have you come on. The time was, went by so fast and this was like yes, a thank, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh no, I appreciate you. But before we go and before we close out the show, what is your win for this week? That I'm still breathing. Okay. <laughs> no, I think our, 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 my win for this week on a professional level is I, I, I stepped out on faith and I am taking a, a, a course on womanist theology Ooh. and uh, for the Union um, Seminary Theological School, the KDG Canon Institute. And I'm really excited about continuing, being able to continue on an, on an academic and a theological level, my analysis of woman. I love it. Um, so I, that that's my big win. And in my own way, I got rejected. You know, I was rejected from grad school this year for various reasons, and and it was it was hard to face that rejection. But you know, like I said, God's rejection is is uh, could be safety. So that gave me the opportunity to really sit down and look at well, who am I, and what is this gift for? And so being able to take that class, I'm excited. This it was awesome. I'm excited. Six I weeks is gonna be awesome. That is so cool. I cannot wait. And you live in Richmond. Actually, I I have family there. So I was just there. I was there last month. Just last oh. month. That, we got to coordinate. Because yeah. you know, Maggie's is in the Queen Bee Tea Room here in Richmond. So we could go to oh. Heather wouldn't mind if we come to the Queen Bee Tea Room over there by the Jefferson Hotel oh. and have some tea in Maggie's Cupcake Cafe. Okay. And then we're at Mama Shell's Cafe, Soul Food. So we could roll on up to Hull Street <laughs> and sit down with Chef Michelle and get our, our grub on as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I definitely, when I come in back in town, I'm definitely hooking up with you. But oh. before we shut down the shut down this show this has been amazing ladies i have told you and i keep saying i bring in on different amazing powerhouse women and again i have another amazing powerhouse woman as you heard heard each woman that has brought on this uh to this evening they each have talked about their what ifs and i can'ts that they face but yet they're still going after their what's next and so meaning that you can as well miss rebecca before we shut the show down what is your what would you like to leave the audience with well one of my favorite quotes is from my angelou and she says i can be changed by what happens to me i refuse to be reduced by it and so no matter what is going on externally around you, do not let it reduce you. It could, it could change your life in a good way or a bad way, or it could shake things up. But the core of you should not be reduced by it. You must learn from it. Ask the question, instead of why me, ask the question, what is the lesson? 
And so in doing that, then the, whatever the issue is, it will not reduce the, the core, the essence of who you are. In fact, it will, the answer to the question, what is the lesson? You may not like the answer, but you will receive it and then be able to rise above it and go to the next level. Absolutely. So. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to check Rebecca's Maggie's Cupcakes, you guys. You got Maggie's Cafe, you got to check it out. The cupcakes look amazing. When I go in Richmond, I'm definitely stopped by there. But I want to let you all know, thank you for stopping by, allowing us to grace you with our presence. You know, without you, there would not be this. And I want you all to know that you are all a blessing. And if no one has not told you today, you guys rock and know that you go after your dreams and your desires and stop living up your life for somebody else. And until next week, when I bring on some more powerhouse woman, my name is Pam Stone. Thank you for joining us. This has been What's Next for Women. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the What's Next podcast for women. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a comment or review wherever you're listening. Until next time, take care and be intentional.